Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. Now let's go to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation chapter 12. We're going to read from verse number 7. Revelation chapter 12. We're going to read from verse number 7. To verse number 12. Revelation chapter 12. Verses 7 to 12. It's a prophetic passage. I know I haven't gone that far in teaching the book of Revelation. I think next time we're meeting, I'll be picking up from there. But um, there's something important that I want to share from there today as we continue with our program. I want us to read together. One, two, three, go. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, and of the seal. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Okay. Someone said, Amen. Amen. Now, the first thing that, of course, strikes a student of the Bible is the fact that the Bible talks about a war. There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And the obvious question is, when shall this war be? Or when did this war take place? Because there are other scriptures in the Bible that show that there was a war in heaven at some point in time. So an ardent student of the Bible who have a question to say, okay, is this a future war? Is this a war that already took place in the past? When is this war going to take place? And okay, looking at the content of the scripture, when? Because we're looking at the 70-week prophecy of Daniel. The 70-week prophecy of Daniel which is a very important prophecy, that in that prophecy, you know, we try to put things in a particular timeline so that we can establish 
when things happen or when what happens. And once we understand the seventy-week prophecy of Daniel, then it becomes much easier to put things in a timeline. Someone say timeline. Timeline. Say one more time, timeline. Timeline. Very, very important to understand when shall what happen. You know, and this prophecy in the book of Revelation, as you can see, it's coming in Revelation chapter number 12, after we've talked about the fact that there are three sections to the book of Revelation. The first section, according to Revelation chapter number 1, verse number 19, was the things that John had seen. And John was told to write the things that he saw. And the things that he saw were actually the 70 week. Uh, he actually saw Jesus Christ, amen, being presented in his eternal glory. We see Jesus Christ being presented in his eternal glory. And John saw that and was told to write. And then the second thing he was told to write was actually uh, what was in his day, which was the seven churches. And those seven churches were prophetic churches because overall they represent the church history. And I said prophecy is history in advance. Prophecy is what? History in advance. So in other words, prophecy is when someone is taken into the future and then gives you a history, talks about the history before the history takes place. We call that prophecy. And when prophecy has been fulfilled, we say, oh, my God, prophecy has come to pass. But that's when we ascertain the accuracy of the history that was given to us, you know, in advance. So when a prophecy has been fulfilled, history has been made. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. All right. So John wrote what was in his day, which was the seven churches, which were seven prophetic churches, which stood for all the churches and all the ages and all the eras of the church era. And as you know, the church um, was something that was a mystery. It was mysterious in the Old Testament. Even the prophets as sharp as they were, the sharpest prophet, Isaiah, he put a comma and kept on prophesying. He didn't see that that comma was actually more than 2,000 years. The sharpest prophet, talk about Daniel, the sharpest prophet, he just went pew. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what we call prophetic perspective. Now, prophetic perspective, you see events line up. You don't see the gaps in the events. You can talk about one, two, three things, and then people say, oh, these things will happen, will happen, will happen. They think it will happen, bang, bang, bang. Sometimes there are gaps in the actual fulfillment of those events. And in fact, in your Bible, there are about 24 gaps. <laughs> so the one you see in the prophets of Isaiah, as captured by Luke chapter 4, is just one of those 24 gaps. Between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, there's a huge gap. But that's for another day. Oh, yes. That's for another day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, yes. All right. So, the church era or the church history it was given to us in advance. And you can see the pattern of how the churches have behaved over the years to fulfill the prophecy. You see, the authenticity of the Bible, the accuracy of the Bible, 
is not in the recorded miracles. The accuracy of the Bible is giving history in advance. Amen. You are not hearing me. Oh, yes. The accuracy of the Bible is giving you what? History in advance. How can someone talk about events that shall happen, um, say, 3,000 years ahead of time? 2,000 years ahead of time. 800 years ahead of time. It proves that the author of the Bible is outside the time dimension. So that is the signature of God. That's the signature of the creator on the fact that he authored the Bible. Someone say yes. Yes. Are we together so far? And then the third part of the book is where uh, John is taught to write things that shall be here after. And the key word in the hereafter there was metatauta, according to Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1. It begins with that word, metatauta. After this, I looked and behold. So, we know that from Revelation chapter 4 going forward, it's things that will happen after the church age. And we have also looked at the fact that um, we believe rapture, will take place in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 1, as we shift to the after this, the after church age events. Now, I said that uh, there's a lot of debate among the scholars as to when rapture takes place. Is it before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation? Is it after the tribulation? You know, there are all these debates going on. And I said, don't argue with people. Ask them one question. What evidence do you have for your position? Let them articulate why they think the events will happen at the time they said they'll happen. If the answer is, okay, good. And why do we believe that will happen at a particular time? We also have to articulate, you know, why we believe, but we don't have to enter into arguments. Why? Because we shall see, all of us. <laughs> oh yes, I receive. I don't know whether you're hearing me. We shall all what? See. So one shall tell the other, I told you. Oh yes. On that day. So there's no need to fight because even if we fight and chop each other's heads, we will not change anything. <laughs> Amen. Let's just wait and see how things will be unfolding. Why? Because it's a history in advance. So let's wait for the history to pan out, play out, and be fulfilled. Amen. And then we shall say, yep, I told you so. So, as you can see in the section of this prophecy that I'm looking at today, in the book of Revelation chapter 12, war in heaven is not just something that happened at one point and then the devil was banished and then the devil does not have access to God. No, the devil has got access to God. Are you hearing me? The devil has got what? Access to God. Even now as I'm speaking, has got access to God. He has got access to the presence of God. He goes in the presence of Jehovah God. In fact, he spends time a lot, a lot of time in the presence of Jehovah God. I don't know whether you are hearing me. We are following. So yes, there was war in heaven. It's not just something that shall happen in the future. It also happened in the past when the devil rebelled, when he transformed himself from being Lucifer to become who? Satan or devil. This was a cherub. This was an angel created by God. According to Isaiah chapter number 14. 
My God, can I go deep one level deeper? Go deeper, Papa. Isaiah chapter number 14, verse 12 to 14. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. You need to understand that, that God never created Satan or devil. Ah, my God, I'm messing up your theology right now. Go deeper, Papa. Satan or the devil was never created by God. Now ask me the next question. So where did he come from? Oh, yes. I know that's the next question. Where did he come from? No, let's, let's see who did God create. And then we can answer the other one. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. Let's read the scriptures. Isaiah chapter number 14, verse 12 to 14. The Bible says, How art thou fallen from? From where? Heaven. Oh, who? Lucifer. Who is Lucifer? Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Can you see? Who are we introduced to? Lucifer. Someone say Lucifer. You see, Lucifer means brightness. Lucifer means the morning star. Lucifer means someone who is clear, as in you can see through. I don't know whether you're hearing me. So the idea of Lucifer is light, brightness, shining, morning star. That, that, that is the one that was created by God. God created Lucifer. And Lucifer created a devil. I'm, I'm okay, okay. I'm just using local language for you to understand. He made himself become a devil. God created who? Lucifer, morning star, shining, light. But because of iniquity, because sin was found in him, rebellion, he wanted to go and become the highest guy so that angels must begin to worship him. Nations must begin to worship him. Nations must rebel against Jehovah God. Now because that was found in him, he corrupted himself. Now, when he corrupted himself, he reduced himself from the dimension of Lucifer, light, to a dimension of darkness. He became the devil. So, the devil became into being by the power of reduction. <laughs> I don't know whether you're hearing me. No, we are following. But the one that God created is who? Lucifer. You see, sin reduces. Sin never increases you up. Amen. It reduces you. Even in the days of grace. Because today people say, ah, now we're under grace. We can do whatever we want. Yes, go ahead and do whatever you want. But mind you, sin what? Reduces you down. Ah, now that's a very deep. I'll leave that alone. Go deeper, Papa. Sin kills prayer. Prayer kills sin. 
Amen. So sin is a prayer killer and prayer is a sin killer. Oh yes. So when people begin to mess around, you know what's eaten in you? Your prayer life is eaten up. You can never stand before God with a confidence. Aha, uh-huh, now you've just played in the camp of the devil. Why? Because remember what we're reading now in the book of Revelation. This guy, he's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses them day and night. It eats your conscience. You cannot stand before God with a clear conscience. It takes a lot of effort. That's why people keep repenting the sin they committed long, 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 long time. They keep repenting. Why? Because each time they say, Hallelujah, Jehovah, I worship you. You are holy. Have you forgotten? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> I just reminded you. Uh, I don't know whether you are hearing me. Oh, we are here, Papa. So, what I'm trying to say here is that this Lucifer, it's not something that shall happen in the future. It happened already. That he reduced himself to become a devil. He reduced himself to become Satan. Are we together there? Alright. So, the battles in heaven is not something that's just historical. It shall happen again in the future. Remember the events which are coming up. For example, during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the 1,000 year reign of Christ, the devil shall be held by an angel and put into the bottomless pit and the angel shall lock the pit so the guy shall be locked up there. Are we together so far? Aha, that's an event which is coming in the future. But here we are being told of another event where this guy, the devil, shall try to go again to heaven for the final show. Try to dethrone God. Try to remove God from his, his position on the throne. What he doesn't know is nobody can vote God into power. And nobody can vote him out. Amen. <laughs> Oh my God. We can vote Danny Andrews out. Oh, we yes. can vote Gladys Bella Jacqueline out. Oh yes. And replace her. But our Jehovah God can never be removed from his throne. Amen. He is the ultimate ruler. He is the creator. He is the God who reigneth from heaven above from everlasting to everlasting. Someone say, my father is on the throne. My father is on the throne. And he's there forever. And he is there forever. How comforting is that? Our daddy, he's the king of kings. Oh, yes. Our daddy, he's the lord of lords. Oh, yes. Our daddy can never be dethroned. Are you hearing me? And I love what the Bible says, because this war broke out in heaven, and then immediately the Bible tells you the involved characters in this battle. And who? And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. So the dragon and Michael are the leaders of their angels. And this dragon is the devil, of course. He is not fighting against Jesus. He is not fighting against God. Amen. It's Michael, not God. So never assume that there's ever a day when the devil shall ever fight against God. Oh, yes. He is too small. Amen. Ah, you're not even hearing me. 
the devil satan lucifer is too small to fight against god because god is the creator most of us we use this language loosely oh no the devil is fighting against god there's never a day the devil can ever mount any resistance against jehovah god are you hearing me somebody we need to begin to put things in their proper context so that we can have proper ideas and our faith can stand on solid ground that your jehovah god is a creator jesus christ is a creator the devil can never fight against jesus the devil can never fight against god he can only fight against michael say yes yes he can only fight against michael and not god oh boy i wish you could understand and he comes and says hey look here i am fighting against your god i'm fighting against your jesus no tell him shut up shut up shut, 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 shut up right now oh yes your level is the level of who michael tell him don't talk about my god talk about michael amen oh yes say don't talk about my god don't talk about my god talk about michael talk about michael <laughs> oh, someone say yes. yes yes and unfortunately too bad for him verse 8 he prevailed not neither was there place found anymore in heaven so in other words the devil as i'm speaking has got a place in heaven he has got access in heaven he has got a place that he goes to in heaven before the father to accuse the brethren are you hearing me oh yes he goes there to what accuse the brethren very important for you to understand this do not assume that he does not have access he does have plenty of access oh yes not even just access a place someone say a place a place a spot you know you know a spot it's like, it's like when you are coming you know to park in the car park they say reserved amen and then you have been driving around looking for a spot you come there oh, come on and then if you are, if you are born in africa you still park where it says reserved amen <laughs> if you come from malawi <laughs> you still park there and then you you put your keys in your pocket you come back you find a fine <laughs> amen <laughs> oh my god so this guy has got a place has got a spot and he goes to that spot and he uses that spot very 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 much verse number 9 and the great dragon was cast out and uh, that, that old serpent called the devil so number one we are told the guy is a dragon are you hearing me and then the guy is what that old serpent in other words they are now tying remember i said in the whatsoever started anywhere in the bible has got its finishing where in the book of revelation so in the book of genesis we are introduced to a guy there who comes like a, like a serpent talking to eve tempting humanity getting humanity into sin So here the Bible is tying all those things. Now you see oh my god are you even hearing me? Oh yes. The Bible is tying everything together. And the great dragon was cast out. And that what? Odi 
serpent. Now the Bible knows that along the way, we picked up another name, devil. And then along the way, we picked up another name, Satan. Ah, how many names have they given you there? Three. <laughs> I think Brisbane got it right. Sydney is guessing. I can tell Sydney is guessing. Hey, Brisbane, how many are they? Four. They are four. Excellent. Let's clap hands for Brisbane. I knew Brisbane would get it right. Yeah. Sydney, they are suspects. They are guessing. <laughs> they are starting with a two, and then a three, and then four, and then six. You know, who knows what number they'll finish with? <laughs> Say neighbor. Neighbor. Hey. Hey. Now, listen. Listen. Now, they are telling you that all these names, whatever you call him, in my mother tongue, I don't know. Diabolos. Mdierekezi. I don't know in your mother tongue. What do you call him? Eh? Angilosi. Power. And you in your mother tongue. What do you call him? Ah, no, you're a suspect. You, in your mother tongue, what do you call him? Satana. Ah, no, suspect too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you take English and make it sound like uh, <laughs> no. Your mother tongue must have a good description. Mdierekezi is someone who it's like you have, you've cooked a nice dish and then you invite a visitor. Okay? And then the visitor eats more than you. <laughs> we call that right Mdierekezi. That's a setup. <laughs> that is a behavior. I don't know whether you're hearing me. So the Bible is tying together whatever title we call him. Whether we call him a devil, whether we call him a great dragon, whether we call him a red dragon, whether we call him Satan, whether we call him an old serpent, whatever name we have given him, the Bible says, and the great dragon was cast out. In other words, ah, don't think that there's a difference between a dragon and the devil. No, it's actually the old serpent. Don't think there's a difference between Satan and the devil. Ah, it's the same person who has been held and cast out out of heaven are you hearing me so they are tying together everything for you to come to a point of knowing that the guy called Satan, the guy known as the devil the guy called the old serpent the guy called a dragon we're talking about the same guy has been cast out of heaven beyond this there existeth no more devil no more Satan. are you hearing me oh boy can i go one level deeper no deeper papa you see the word it uh, do I even need to go there? I receive. My God. I receive. The word devil in Greek is diabolos. D-I-A. D-I-A. B-O-L-O-S. Diabolos. I don't know whether you're hearing me. We are following. Now, if you follow language, you discover that dia, it means in between. So diameter, diagono. What does it mean? In between. So if it's diameter, you've got a circle, 
And then you draw what? A line separating the two halves. What do you call that? Diameter. Or if you've got um, a, a rectangle, a square, and then you draw a line from that corner to the corner here. What do you call that? Diagonal. Oh, yes. This is what you call onomotopoetism of language. Power. I think I should become a high school teacher in Australia. Oh, yes. <laughs> onomotopoetism. So what it means is the devil, when you say devil, you have lost a proper understanding of his character. This is a description of his character. His character is to separate. Ah. So in his capacity as devil, diabolos, is to what? Separate, divide. Die, die. English has picked up just the die, which is D-I. Are you together so far? D-I, die. But now our problem with English is it changes and it loses the meaning. How does it change? We know that when you, there's one vision, then when there's one vision and everyone is lying, is, lying, is lying behind the one vision, there's unity. Uh -huh. yes. But the moment you've got two visions, what do you end up with? Die visions. Now, what do you call it in English? Division. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it's two visions. Die visions. The moment you have got two visions, what do you end up with? Separation. Ah, I don't know if they're hearing me. Okay. So in a marriage, if there's one vision, that marriage will stay together. But in a family, if there are two visions, then there will be divisions, which will lead to divorce. Amen. Oh, yes. Can't you get it? That if you end up with a division, then the two visions will force you out. Uh, oh, yes. And you call that a divorce. No, it's a dive. Because two visions will force you out. So it's a dive. Oh, yes. Someone say, I disconnect. I disconnect. So, when we call devil or diabolos, is someone who comes between you and God to separate you. Comes between you and your hubby to what? Separate you. Comes between you and your friend to what? So, wherever you see division, I, I want you now to have speech understanding. Who is the enemy? The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against what? Principalities. Against what? Powers. Against what? The rulers of the darkness of this world. Against what? Spiritual wickedness in high places. Who is the power behind them? Is called what? Devil. Diabolos. Are we together so far? So when you go to prayer, tell your friend, yes, I know that probably there could be two visions here. But do you know who planted two, who planted two visions? His name is called the Devil. So in the realm of the spirit, can I go one level deeper? Oh, deeper, Baba. In the realm of the spirit, the way you handle things is by handling them according to their character. 
Oh, deeper. Can I go one level deeper? <laughs> you handle things according to their what? Character. And that's how exactly God operates in the realm of the spirit. He reveals himself to humanity according to his what? Character. Mm, mm, you are not following me. It's okay to call him God. It's okay because he's God. But I want you now to begin to go to the levels of maturity. Where you begin to know God according to his character. Because that's how he reveals himself to humanity. When people are looking for healing, he does not reveal himself as a provider. He reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, a God who heals. That's his character. Am I talking to someone right here? Oh, when yeah. people are looking for provision, he does not reveal himself as a mighty warrior. Uh -uh. He reveals himself as a God who provides Jehovah Jireh. Someone say yes. Yes. Masakata shata are you hearing me? Oh, yes. When you are facing warfare, don't just say, oh God, I'm praying. Oh God, ah, you need to look at the character of God. He's a mighty man of warfare. He's a mighty man of war. Am I talking to somebody right here? Hey, his name is Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah our banner. Say, who are you enemy? His name is Jehovah Nisi. I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to break you down. I'm going to break your thunder. Say yes. yes. So you know that in his character as devil, he's dealing with the, what? Separating. Are we together so far? All right. The other in, good English word is trans, tra, tra, trans, transducer. Transducer. Means someone who comes in between to separate. Or he accuses for the purpose of what? Separating. Now, Satan. Satan. Satan is not an English word. Satan is not a Hebrew word. Satan is not a Greek word. Satan is a Babylonian word. The origin of that name Satan comes from Babylon. Are you hearing me? And in his character as Satan, the devil withstands. Satan means to withstand. <laughs> so when you are making progress, you are going in that direction. What does withstand mean? Withstand means to block your way and begin to push you backward. Oh, yes. So Satan means to withstand. Blocking your way and begin to what? Push you backwards. You are trying to go forward. He's pushing you backwards. So the duration of your movement from then on will depend on who is the stronger. Amen. The stronger will push the other backwards. Oh, yes. If you as a child of God, you've got the anointing, the force, the power. Even if he stands in your way to withstand you. You're going to pick him, his uncle, his auntie, his nephew, his cousin, and get them out of the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> but if their camp is stronger than you, you will not be able to break it through. Because break it through is when you've met resistance. Break it through is when you have been able to penetrate beyond the resistance. 
So in his character as Satan, he mounts opposition. So when you read about him now in that passage, it's going to make sense because they are dealing with his character. That number one, his goal is to separate between people and their God. Whatever he did in his character as devil, he was after separating. And whatever he does in his character as Satan, is after resisting the children of God. You do not go to look for warfare. The moment you become born again, warfare begins to look for you. You do not go looking for devils anywhere or Satan. The moment you become born again, he becomes your arch enemy. Because he desires to withstand you. He does not like you making progress. He does not like you taking over. He does not like you going the direction where God wants you to go. So he begins to mount opposition to your progress. Are you hearing me? But wait, wait, wait a moment. With this revelation, you're going to say, I know who you are. Oh, yes. So don't just say, oh, devil, devil. No. You say, no, no, I know who you are. You are certain. I told you, in the realm of the spirit, things function by their what? Character. Character. Very important. That's why when you, you understand the character of the, of the elements that you are dealing with in the realm of the spirit, you shall always be victorious. Address them according to their character. You see, when Jesus met this guy with so many devils who was living in the tombs, huh? he said, what is your character? I know your Bible says, what is your name? But name in Greek means what? Character. What is your character? He said, we are many. We are legion. Character. Legion is character name of 6,000 soldiers in the, in the Roman army. It was called a legion. He says, my character is what? Legion, for we are many. Ah, Jesus says, ah, really? Ah, now pack up and go. Oh, yes. Oh, Jesus, our time is not yet come. Time out. Our time is not yet come. Can you allow us to enter the pigs? Yeah, whatever, go. <laughs> as long as you're out of here. <laughs> hey. Hey. You see, you need to understand the spiritual stuff. Our problem is not that spiritual stuff is difficult. Our problem is our knowledge is still very low. That's why the Bible says, my people are what? Destroyed for lack of knowledge. And God's desire is to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Devils and demons are powerless in a place where there's the right knowledge of God. Oh, yes. They can't hide anywhere. Amen. But where there's ignorance, hey, you, you say it. Hey, you, you said it. Oh, you, you said it. It's you, 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 you. They're like, aha, we got them. Wait a minute. Who is planting the die visions among us? His name is called devil. Let's go after him. The moment you go after him, you run like lightning. The guy has got speed. One day, Jesus sent the disciples to preach the gospel. It's written in your Bible. He went, they went to preach the gospel. 
My God, the guy, the, the, the disciples healed the sick, commanded demons to go. My boy, the devil ran like lightning. It's in your Bible. <laughs> he said, Jesus said, I saw the devil falling like what? Lightning. That's how fast he runs when you understand who he is. Can I continue? No, continue so, Baba. the Bible here is tying together as a conclusion above this guy called Satan. Satan is someone who withstands. Someone who what? Withstands. Someone who opposes. An opponent. He opposes. He resists. So, when the Bible says resist the devil, what do you, what do, you do? He will flee from you. They are trying to show you the character that this guy, he's, he resists you. So you also need to learn to resist him. It's a push-push kind of warfare. Oh, yes. You know, if you are playing soccer, they allow you to. And if your enemy is weak, they go flying. Oh, I love, yes. I love the other sport where they are busy bashing you. Boom. You know the one they hold the ball like this? I don't know what you call it. Rugby. Like these people, how can they enjoy bumping into each other like this? I didn't understand when I came to Australia. And I saw that they, they train with machines. <laughs> I'm like, what? How can they train with machines? Bumping machines. Breaking machines. No wonder they are all broken. Oh, okay. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> Those guys, they, they break necks, oh, yes. backs, bones, and what have you. Are you following what I'm saying? It's about resistance. As a child of God, it develops stamina to resist. Each time the, the, uh, this accuser of the brethren comes, don't just fall over. Develop somewhat resistance. But on the positive side, you cannot develop muscles unless you meet resistance. Amen. Someone say all things work together. All things work together. So he's a good guy to help you build your spiritual muscles. Because if you go to the gym, those machines, they are not your enemies. <laughs> they are your friends. Those weights are not your enemies. They are your friends to help you. So if you are not able to lift 40 kilograms of weights, don't hate them, love them. Because they are helping you to develop muscles. Amen. That workout, you're like, ooh. I had a workout. Oh my God. You need to be happy that the resistance of the weights are helping you to develop what? Muscle. Oh, yes. That's why people who grew up in an area of great spiritual resistance, they are always anointed. Amen. I've revealed the biggest secret now. That's why people who grew up in an area where everything is available, like in Australia, no anointing dry, not even a single drop. Amen. They go to church, they tell each other stories. When they hear you are casting demons, they go, look at that church, they cast out demons. We grew up in an area where there were demons. <laughs> You learn spiritual warfare from the day you become born again. 
Because they don't become born again, the devil appears in your bedroom and puts his head, his, his leg on your neck. What have you done today? You've been born again. You go, I am born again. And then tomorrow you wake up, you say, devil, listen to me. I'm not going to put up with your nonsense. Are you hearing me, somebody? Are you hearing me, somebody? Oh, yeah. So you learn how to wage warfare. Are you hearing me, somebody? Say yes. Yes. You learn to fight. Growing up from our childhood, we grew up in an area where there was witchcraft. So you learn to fight. You learn about the realm of the spirit. Even from a young age, you understand the realm of the spirit. So when you become born again, you understand there are devils, there are demons, there are witches, there are wizards. They are all out there operating. I better fortify myself by the blood of the Lamb. I better fortify myself by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking to some around here. Say yes. Yes. But where you've got very good hospitals. Very good hospitals. Even if you're not sick, they give you a very good room. A very good bed and very good food. You relax and say, Yeah, and then you you have you even have got a personal TV. Wow. Amen. Go to Africa, boy. You find that on the one bed there are three patients on the one bed. And then you, you come in a room everywhere, there's everybody. They put you under someone's bed. They say you'll be there. Ah! <laughs> you wake up in the morning. You go for prayer. You begin to pray that if God you don't help me, I am done here. If God you don't come through, I am done here. Am I talking to someone right here? Say yes! Yes. You learn how to fight. Huh. Where there's no resistance, you can't develop your spiritual muscles. So, this guy that we're dealing with here, this small boy, the dragon, the old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Are you following me? Oh, yes. So we've come to a place where he has been cast out and has been let loose into the world. And I heard in a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser, did you see that? What does he do? Accuser. That's his nature, accuse. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God only on Saturday. Oh no. Huh? But when? Day and night. So he does not only accuse them on a particular day. He does it systematically, continually, day and night. Now us as children of God, I want us to develop a spiritual understanding of what happens in the realm of the spirit. You know, we don't have the ability to see with our physical eyes, but we've got the opportunity to know and use what we know to understand what happens in that realm of the spirit. That there's an accuser of the brethren, and he does it day and night. Now, if he does it day and night, then he has got so much access to God. 
Oh, yes. I don't know if they're hearing me. Oh, yes. He has got so much access. Now, many times, oh, the devil is doing this. It's not even him. Part of the accusation is, you see, even your people are liars. Did you see me God go to, to that person's house? Everything. Oh, the devil. Oh, the devil. Oh, the devil. He's like, no, Lord, I'm here. Did I visit him? But did you, what he, did you hear what he said? He said, it's me who did it. <laughs> Amen. I don't know whether you're hearing me. We are following. So this guy spends his time accusing the brethren. Day and night. Ah. Now, this means you also ought to understand who is your defense lawyer. Who is your defense lawyer? There's someone who defends you before the Father. Go deeper, Papa. Are you following me? You've got a defense lawyer who defends you before the Father. I know the Bible puts the word intercede, intercession. Talking about Christ who intercedes for you. Day and night. That word intercession there. Do not tie it to prayer. Because our understanding when you hear the word intercession, what do we think about? Prayer. Think about as a legal representative. Someone who is defending you before the Father. Because if you've got an accuser before the Father, the Father is the Father of the legal system. Oh, yes. He does not allow the accused not to have a legal representative. So the father appointed Jesus to be your lawyer. Oh, yes. The lawyer for the defense, defending you. The accuser is the devil accusing you before the father. He does it, he'll continue doing it, and he'll continue doing it until that day when he's kicked out. Now, what does this mean for you as a child of God? There are things you need to begin to understand when it comes to what goes on in the courts of heaven. You know there's a court in heaven. Do you know that? I don't have time to go into the details. There are courts in heaven where there are legal proceedings. Not religious proceedings, but what? Legal proceedings. Because if you talk about an accuser of the brethren, this is not religious. This is not prayer. Father, I'm praying to you in the name of Jesus. Did you see your child? In the name of Jesus. No, it's not that. It's legal proceedings. Amen. Where the devil comes before the Father. May God, God arise. And then the, everyone stands up. God sits. All we, all we know is God is in the temple. They are worshiping him. Holy, holy. No, there are times when, when they do legal stuff. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know whether you are hearing me. He does not do this accusation like in Revelation chapter 4. That scenery is the worship scenery. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, which yours and is and is to come. He sits on the throne being worshipped. Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things and for their pleasure they are and they were created. There he is receiving worship. And then other times it's legal proceedings. Where they sit. And then the devil comes. Ah, today, your majesty, I've come with an issue concerning one of your children. 
This child said, da, 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 da. What do you say? Now, imagine Jesus has to defend you from those accusations. So don't make his job difficult. Amen. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. Don't make his what? Job difficult. He intercedes for you. It's not as in prayer, but he's in defending you. I receive. I don't know whether you're hearing me. We are following, Papa. Should I continue? Oh, yes. All right. Now, verse number 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Three things. Number one, they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb. Why the blood of the Lamb? You know, as children of God, we may make mistakes. But the go-to place is the blood of the Lamb. Oh, yes. The go-to place is the what? The blood of the Lamb. Because this blood of the Lamb is able to erase, not cover over. The blood of animals was only covering. But the blood of the Lamb annihilates, erases. Because the Bible says even after they had offered all those you know, animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. Are you following me? After they had done all that, that blood of those animals could only cover. It didn't remove sin until the blood of Jesus was shed. So when the blood of Jesus was shed, God had to take that blood of Jesus, which, which was shed so many years after they had been killing all these animals. He applied that blood to all the sins that were before Christ came. They were annihilated by the blood of Christ. Mm, you are not hearing oh, me. Oh, yes. They were annihilated by the blood of Jesus. Now, why is this so important here that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb? Why? He is an accuser. He sees a blunder that someone has done. He comes before the Father. This person has done this and this and this. Your victory is in understanding the power in the blood of the Lamb. That this blood of Jesus, it doesn't matter how big your sin could be. It doesn't matter how big your blunder could be. This blood of the Lamb has got power oh, yes. to annihilate it. Oh, yes. This blood of the Lamb is your go-to place. Before you even do anything, jump and talk about the blood. That the blood of Jesus washes me. The blood of Jesus sanctifies me. It annihilates sin. Am I talking to someone around here? That's what, you know, your sins can be as red as scarlet. But when you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, they shall become what? As white as snow. Someone said the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. Say the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. You see, the only time, now can I go one level deeper? Go deeper. The only time the devil or Satan has got a victory over a child of God is when a child of God is refusing to repent of their sin. Amen. Refusal to repent gives him legal ground. Why? Refusal to repent automatically disqualifies you from access to the blood. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Oh, yes. Because refusal to repent is more as, ah, no, I haven't done anything. No. That's why the Bible says, you know, if we say we haven't sinned, we make him a liar. We make God a liar. We make the Holy Ghost a liar. 
Because the one prompting your consciousness, uh, there you didn't speak well. On, that, that, on this one, you didn't speak well. I know, and I can't approach eyes. Uh-huh, you are disqualifying yourself. But these people here, they understood the power and the blood of the Lamb. Whatever was happening, they talked about the blood of the Lamb. Are you hearing me? Oh, yeah. And number two, the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony is what the blood has done for them. Oh, yeah. They were talking about what the blood has done for their lives. What the blood has done for their sins. They kept on talking about it. They kept on confessing it. Am I talking to someone right here? It becomes a word of your testimony. When you begin to talk about God has achieved in your life through the blood of the Lamb. Oh yes. Your testimony. Say my testimony. My testimony. One more time, say my testimony. My testimony. And number three, when you say, I don't care what you want to do to me, if it's dying, I'm ready to die. Oh, yes. When you come to that dimension, the power of the devil is neutralized. Amen. Because beyond killing your body, he cannot kill your spirit. Amen. In fact, killing your body is the biggest mistake the devil can make. Why? Because killing your body destroys the house in which you live in the earth. Guess what? Guess what? You get promoted. Oh, yes. To another house. Oh, yes. Whose maker is not a person. It's made by the hands of Almighty God. Are you hearing me? This is a house which is permanent. And the Bible calls our earthly bodies a tent. Someone say a tent. A tent. Now, if, if they release you from a tent and they put you in a mansion, is that a loss? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Someone say yes. Say I am a winner. I am a winner. Even in my death. Even in my death. Most of us, we look at death as a defeat. No, for a child of God, death is never a defeat. In fact, a child of God does not even die. Mm. Mm. Someone say, mm. Mm. you see, death means separation. Someone say separation. Separation. Death means what? Separation. When your spirit and your soul have been separated from your body, we say the person is what? Dead. Has died. When a man has been separated from God, God said, oh, the day you shall eat of this fruit, you shall what? Die. What happened? Man was separated from who? God. Because God came to talk to a sinful man. So he didn't die as in our natural understanding of death. But he died in the context of being separated from God. Any kind of death is separation. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. Is that making sense? Oh, yes. So, for a child of God, you can never be separated from God. Oh, you're not even hearing what I'm saying. I see. You can never be what? Separated from God. Romans chapter 8 carries on and on and on and on and on. Talking about this accuser of the brethren. From verse number 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? In other words, Satan is powerless against us as a child of God. Who can be there to withstand and, and, and try to oppose you? Am I talking to somebody right here? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us. So how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God who justifies. So in other words, as the accuser, the brain is busy accusing you, God says, no, no, I have justified him. Ah, 
What kind of a God are you? I am righteous. <laughs> Someone say yes. Yes. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that what? Justifieth. Who is it that condemneth? In other words, there's only one who has the power to condemn. Who is it? Who has the power to condemn? Who has the power to condemn? Okay, let, let, let me go back to the previous verse. Who has the power to justify? God. Okay, then who has the power to lay anything against you? God give a power. Now I'm confusing you. Think about this way. Who has the power to lay anything to your charge? It's only God. But unfortunately, instead of laying a charge against you, he justifies you. Okay. We, are, we have resolved that one, right? Yes. Let's go to the second one. Who has the power? Huh? Give me the second, the next verse. Who has the power to condemn you? Christ. Yeah. But instead of condemning, what, does he, what, what did he do? He died for you. He rose again for you. He's even at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for you. Someone say yes. Yes. <laughs> He's the only one who could condemn you. But he didn't come to condemn you. Instead, he died for you. Instead, he was buried on your behalf. Instead, he was risen on your behalf. And now even I'm speaking, he's on the right hand of the Father. He's defending you. So the only one who could condemn you is actually defending you. I receive. Oh, my God. My God. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? Yes. Watch this. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation... What is the answer? Someone said no. No. Or distress. No. Or persecution. No. Or famine. No. Or nakedness. No. Or peril. No. Or the sword. No. Listen to this. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are, accused, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things. In all these things, we are going through difficult times. The Bible says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Oh, Someone yes. say yes. So the very things in which the devil thought he was winning. What does the Bible say about you? You are more than a conqueror. So they may persecute you for your faith. Because this is what we don't understand. We think people, countries like Australia, there can't be persecution. It is there today, not tomorrow. But when? Today. Dare speak the truth. Try. Just try to speak the truth. They will shut you down. And then the reporter will come to your house. They will stand on the, on the lawn of your house. The person in the house behind me here, and I was preaching that Jesus is Lord. Oh, yes. Amen. <laughs> Persecution. They are saying, no, me, I'm a child of God. I will not do what you are telling me. Try it. They will fire you. <laughs> do as I say. 
That is called persecution. Someone say persecution. Persecution. Say me, I'm a person of faith. I don't do these things. Try it. Abortion is a sin. What did you say? Oh, you're a premier. In 2017, you voted against abortion. <laughs> They are persecuting people. They are persecuting people of the faith. Amen. Truth in this culture is not accepted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So do not think about persecution as just something that starts killing Christians. It starts the way it has started. It continues building up. What should shock you is the mindset of an ordinary Australian. Are the dictate or the government begin to discriminate against your brothers and your sisters? An average Australian is more than happy to do it. Has no conscience at all. Amen. So in other words, they're only nice because the law says you have to be nice. When they remove the law, their evil intentions, they manifest. Oh, yes. So they are constrained by the law. They are forced by the law to smile when you come to their shop. But now they've even hired marshals to stand on the door. Amen. Oh, yes. Ah, you are not even hearing me. Oh, yes. Someone say persecution. Persecution. It's a small thing for me. It's a small thing for even me. Even in persecution, I am more than a conqueror. For I am persuaded that neither death, so even if they have to kill me, they can go ahead. No life. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's why the Bible says you are more than a conqueror. Oh, yes. Even if they begin to chop you in pieces, small cubes, to put in their soup. After they are done with it, you still image the other side. Oh, yes. More than a conqueror. Oh, yes. So the people the Bible is talking about were people who are happy to face death on account of their faith. But the cowards of this generation, the cowards of the Australian church, I'm talking about the cowards. They are cowards. Today they are dancing to the tune of the government. The government says, I oh, don't allow the unvaccinated people in the church. They are dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are cowards. They are afraid of dying. They are cowards. The church must be able to say, No, the body of Christ is one. Oh, we yes. will not open our doors to one type of people. We will open our doors to everybody. Am I talking to somebody right here? Say yes. Yes. Cowards. Masquerading themselves as shepherds, cowards. Wait, they come and do continue squeezing. They know that ah, oh, they are cowards. They function by fear. Someone say, I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. You see, as powerful as God is, He is powerless in the face of fear. The moment a child of God begins to function by fear, the power of God evaporates. It evaporated in his soul and the arm of Israel. When they saw Goliath, they were afraid. But when David came, he said, me, I refuse to fear. 
Who are you then, Scamsas Philistine? Today I'm going to take you down. Today I'm going to chop you down. I'm not talking to someone out here. Say, I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. And the media, by propaganda, they have pumped fear in people. Who told you that someone who is protected by two vaccines can ever be afraid of someone who is not protected? That's madness gone on a rampage. They have turned the whole thing upside down. If you claim that you've got two vaccines and you are protected, why are you afraid of someone who doesn't have any protection? Unless your protection is a suspect. And if, and if you are there monitoring what I am saying, because you love monitoring, oh, yes. you are a monitoring spirit. Amen. <laughs> you need to tell your buddies, the prophet said he's watching us, we are monitoring. Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? For neither angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor monitoring spirits, nor demons shall be able to separate us from the love of God in all these things. We are more than conquerors. Someone say yes. Yes. Say, I'm going to testify. I'm going to testify. Say, Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings and it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed and until next time, Shalom. Shalom.